0: Breaker on this is Short Pants Free Radio. Gamers get your ears on because we're blowing the speakers out. Grimdark. Live. <laughs> weekly webcast for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Warhammer worlds. Don't miss our live show on Thursdays, but for now you've got us on sloppy seconds with our podcast with the Grimdark gang. It's time once again for Grimdark Live.
1: Hey, welcome to Grimdark Live. your with the webcast for all things dice dragons, demons and a dwarf from the Warhammer worlds. And I'm your host, Patrick. We got a great show ahead of us today. We uh, we got we're we're going, to be going through a lot in today's show. We've got the rumor engine, we got some Black Library books we're going to or a Black Library book we're going to be introducing in the news. We got the Lumineth Realm Lords and those uh, those cow elves are going to be uh, gonna be coming at you so we're gonna be talking about the pre-orders and actually getting into the lumineth realm lords as an army and I got to tell you something else folks we got a great great guest with us today it's a it's a guy that I've known his entire life he's here to talk to us about skaven and skaven tide and all the ins and outs of those dirty rats and folks I'd like to I'd like to introduce for, for some of you guys that know him affectionately as kid chaos this is my son my son Evan Evan what do you hear what do you say bud
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, <laughs> this is Evan. That's our first time on the show here today. and uh, happy to be here to be honest with you. Happy to talk about Skaven and get into it,
1: yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, folks, I'm telling you right now there there probably isn't many people I can think of that are better to talk about Skaven than 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 my little rat. My little rat, Evan. I Not gotta tell it. you <laughs> No, honestly, you know what? Um, it's been your army. It's been your army since the since the beginning of of really of Warhammer fantasy battles up to now, right?
2: Yeah. For a for a long time now, I mean, rocking on 11, 12 years now. So, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a journey ever since seventh edition, uh, Island of Bloodset actually.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, you know what? That's, that's true. And, um, you know, it's funny because we, I mean, we walked into the, was it the GW or the Orland store, little, little store in the mall.
2: Yep. Yep.
1: And, um, that's when we picked up that game and folks kind of give you a little bit of background on, on how we, uh, we got started in this my my son evan here he's he was a fantastic chess player just a just a a really good chess player took to the took to it like a fish to water and um he we we were looking for other strategy games and and i hadn't really heard much about uh the game of warhammer myself and so we had heard through uh people that it was a great game and we tried it and here we are, you know, all, all of a sudden. So I, you know, Evan, I got to thank you, man, for uh, for for my myself being in the hobby.
2: Well, I appreciate it. And you know, what's funny is like I kind of accidentally gave us both a gift because I'm I've been enjoying this hobby since pretty much we we stepped foot in it, and uh, can't really can't really have any much negatives to say. No,
1: thanks, man, thanks. And you nice. know, what? and so, and but yeah, but I got to tell you, I admire one thing about about this conversation we're going to be getting into, and I want to say what I admire one thing, one of the many things I admire about you. But the one thing I want to talk about with this conversation is. You've been with Skaven. Your loyalty to Skaven is—I mean, I got to tell you—in in a world of of you know gamer ADHD, you know, I mean, <laughs> you've been playing Skaven consecutively for twelve years. That's some great street cred right there.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, you know what's funny is some people just click the armies really, really well, and there's tips and tricks on that. But it's it—it it really is you know just playing playing the army for a long time and, and enjoying it most mostly anything. It's not yeah. Not, yeah. not really here for the stress, you know, you're here for the fun. So,
1: well, and, and that's yeah, that, and, and we, we, we talk about that quite often here on the show, as, as you well know, and we, we yeah. always bring up that. And so, you Absolutely. know, when, the minute a hobby becomes a, a job or a prison sentence, you know, I think it's time, <laughs> to, time to walk away. But, exactly. you know, one, one more thing before we get rolling, and I know we, we got a lot to talk about. So, you're here, you're going to be talking about Skaven, you're going to, you got some lists, we got a what, three lists, right, that we're going to be talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah, Three pretty and, fun ones. Yeah, uh, and we'll be putting those up on the screen for folks to uh, to, to kind of you know look at and mm-hmm. kind of sure. share along with. And of course, folks for you for you guys that are joining us, uh, for you guys and girls that are joining us um, on the podcast later. Uh, my, my sincere apologies, but hey, listen to the podcast. We got some additional segments there. You're really going to enjoy that. But then come on back to YouTube and uh, watch the show because uh, we got we got a lot in store for you. But as always, we have the question of the day and the closing thoughts towards the end of the show. Hey, you Grimdark goons. Thank you all so much for listening to our Grimdark Live podcast. If you're new to the Grimdark Live experience or new to our podcast and the what you hear, please follow this podcast and pass us along to your friends. Let us know what you think about Grimdark Live in the show's comment sections, and let us know just how we're doing. Also, don't forget to catch us live on Thursdays. And if that isn't enough for you, check out our website at www.grimdarklive.com. That's grimdarklive.com. Anyway... Thanks for listening, following, and just being awesome. So, uh, Evan, we uh, we got uh, we got a lot here to go through, man. So we better just jump right in with the uh, with the news. What, what do you I think,
2: man? I any... I completely agree. Yeah. Have you I been
1: uh, Have you been staying abreast of everything that's been happening in the news? Because even though we've all been kind of stuck in this whole COVID thing, I mean. There's actually, we're actually getting and especially now, I mean, even when people thought it was kind of a dry news week, we were still getting some pretty good news from from GW.
2: GW has always had a pretty good, um, I I guess, flow to their updates and stuff like that. There's never really been a boring point um, in in, at least my hobby experience that I I know of. Um, You know, if you think about it, 7th edition transferred right over to 8th edition beautifully, and that was a great game. Yeah, Um, 8th edition all the way to end times, and end times very obviously into... um, Age of Sigmar so I mean they're in right. obviously all the book updates since then so it hasn't really been a boring point in the hobby and since I can remember to be quite honest with you so like yeah and I completely I, I completely not expected nothing less from this
1: yeah well I mean you know and just like with what we're gonna be going through today I mean especially with the Lumineth and we're gonna get into them in a little bit but even even with um, you know the the, the the reveals that they were having I mean what did you think of those
2: I uh, curious yeah the the the, the Mu Elves are um, are always a, always a fun one to talk about um. It, it'll be good to see on the board, obviously. The elves have been a long time coming, besides really Daughters of um, daughters of Cain and whatever we got in the uh, City of Sigmar book. Elves yep. have been kind of absent
1: really yeah, they, been they, kind of, you know, left in the dust. That's a great that's a great way to put it. But we're going to get to those elves in a second. But let's let's get to the first thing. We got the rumor engine here first. I'm going to throw this up there on the screen. And and folks again, uh, if you're joining us on the podcast a little bit later, just go ahead and have a great listen but then come on back to YouTube and and check it out. So, all right. Well, pretty self-explanatory, right? This is not Age yeah. Sigmar. This this looks very 40K, them for the 40,000 thing.
2: Absolutely, yeah. definitely not Seraphon.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, as a side note, I gotta say, as a side note, I'm really excited for Ninth Edition. I've been listening to things, I've been hearing things, and and I, I like what I'm hearing. Have you had a chance to listen to anything on the, the 40k side?
2: A little bit. I'm not too familiar as far as 40k goes. Never really have gotten you know taken to it especially well as well as Skaven. But yeah, I, I've been been curious about Ninth Age, um, or Ninth Edition, I guess, um, only because people had some sour things to say about Seventh and Eighth. But yeah. um, I'm super excited to see um, ninth take off and everyone everyone kind of jump on. You know, maybe we could, hell, play, yeah. a little, play a little bit of that, too. You know, you yeah. never know. You
1: know, my experience with 40K, I think I've dropped a few models on the floor once. I mean, that's really about, about it. About <laughs> it.
2: Uh, I it never picked them pretty- up.
1: Yeah. But you know, you know what this looks like to me, this almost looks like uh, something ad mech, you know, that you'd see yeah, the the tech priests absolutely. would have that little, you know, it, it looks like a skull on a vacuum cleaner hose, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that kind is. of a thing. Or I guess, I guess there's some, I guess there's some space Marines that have that servo skull
2: uh, yeah, on yeah. there
1: as well. So,
2: absolutely.
1: yeah. And, but I, 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 do, I do have to say one thing that, um, and again, folks, for, for everyone here joining us on the fantasy topic, and we're talking about uh, laser guns, we apologize, but, you know what I would like to see them do? And this is just this is just a little guy talking out in the ether with a little show. Dark so Mechanicum. That? Dark Mechanicus. Okay. Like, like the bad guy. I think that would be kind of I I, I would like to see that introduced okay. as an army. But move, moving on, moving on. Yeah. We we have um that's the rumor engine folks. There you go. So Black Library. Now, I got to tell you, my 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 love for Black Library books goes back to I mean, really uh, it goes a long way. I mean, back from the sundering and, but most recently, I don't know, uh, well you, you read, um, uh, what was it? Headtaker, right?
2: Headtaker book. Yeah. Way back when they no, yeah. back in you know seventh edition. Yeah. That yeah. was, that was, I think a phenomenal book still to this day. Right. If you ever want to get get a good read on.
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, and, and my favorites, and as far as the black library are the, the war of the Beards series, um, yeah, that, that was, was the, the great portrayal, the master of dragons, mm-hmm. uh, the, the doom of dragon back the the curse of the, the Phoenix Crown are are some fantastic books. Although the the, the Doom and Dragonback isn't quite in that lineup, it takes place after the the War of the Beards. But um, yeah. So so here's another awesome book. And and the interesting thing about this, I may actually want to pick this up and read this. Um, yeah. and and I got to tell you, Evan, this is definitely a week of elves in the world of Age of Sigmar. Is this not? I mean, we're going to be going right um... to the cow elves after this. Now here we got Eidneth.
2: I'm totally happy about this. You don't i have never really been a huge elf player, but I've always really enjoyed playing against elves. So to yeah. see back at the table is is just I'm more than applauding it,
1: you, know, you I, know. I can't wait. They are a welcome presence, you know. And 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 here it is. I mean, even though with with we got the cow elves and yet we still find ourselves talking about them dirty rats, the skaven here later on. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to kind of go on the other side of that coin with what you just said. I've always in, I've never played skaven but some of my best games I've had on the table are against you with them with them damn rats and they I'll are tell insane. you I'll tell you I'm not saying this because he's my kid or my wife is listening I'm telling you right now this kid'll take your lights out he is an absolute beast when it comes to the skaven he he the, when we're going to get into some of those lists and um and, and it, it makes me enthusiastic when I see a skaven army on the table mainly because of because of you Evan I know that I'm in a I'm in, a, in, in for a heck of a game
2: well, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's funny. It's, it's it is courtesy to 12 years. If you did anything for 12 years and you weren't good at it, you probably should just pack it up.
1: Yeah, Well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, and folks, but, but again, with the scaven, we'll be talking about them here later on the show. But for now, uh, we got this great upcoming book from Black Library. It's called The Court of the Blind King. And it's going to be a paperback. And I think it's going to retail for 16 bucks U.S. Um, though, so basically, uh, the war of life, uh, it affects all in Gairon, obviously. And, and even the underwater kingdoms of the Iden of Deepkin. Um, and I guess the backstory here in this book is with, with some kind of battle raging, this, this Prince Loren, he wants to seize at his chance to take the Jade throne from Bryomdar. Um, but... He has to overcome his foes and his fellow deepkin to claim this prize. So it's it's a whole big betrayal usurper, kind of a kind of a novel. and it, it sounds pretty good. and I gotta tell you, I really and, and Evan, I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I really like the way Aegis Sigmar is shaping up their lore.
2: Uh, you know you know what's funny is uh, maybe maybe I've just been lucky or or maybe this is just you know uh, this is true. I have not read a bad black library book. Yet, right. So, in in all honesty, it's probably going to be just as good, or even better, as the last ones. And and in all honesty, again, like you know, fantasy's lore, uh, up there with forty k's as well. Talking about that too, um, is is outstanding. I mean, if they made them, if they put you know Star Wars budget into a Warhammer movie, yeah, I mean, you 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 blow the socks off the audience. That would be awesome.
1: <laughs> You're not kidding. But I guess what what I meant by what I said, I, maybe I should have been more clear, is um. And you would too, by the way, that would be a great, I mean, put that in, right? the, could you imagine, could you imagine seeing like orcs on pigs riding across the big screen? That'd be just awesome. But first off, that'd be hilarious. It would be, and it'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but what I'm saying is the, you know, coming from, from Warhammer fantasy battles and all the great lore that we had back in that rank and flank days of the game, I, I you, know, you can admit this too. When Age of Sigmar first came out, what, five years ago, Age of Sigmar 1.0. Yeah. Yeah, the lore was a little dry. It was all these worlds are floating in a bunch of bubbles and the ether out there. Get used to it. Yeah. And everyone was like, what? What are you talking about?
2: Yeah, it was, it was a little mismatched for sure.
1: Yeah. And but now they're really tying the lore together extremely, extremely well. And um, so I, I love it. I love it. And I think I think we're I think this book is going to be one of many uh, good ones. But at any rate, this weekend, folks, uh, the Lumineth Realm Lords will at least make their triumphant debut in the Mortal Realms. Uh, with this book, their jam-packed army set is also going to be out um, that we're going to be getting at here in a minute. Because um, I don't want people to think. Oh, you said had somebody say, "When are you going to start talking about the Lumineth?" And, no, this is not the Lumineth. This is the this is the uh, the uh, the the Deepkin. But so why don't we do that? Let's move on to the uh, to the Lumineth. We got some impatient, impatient folks. Yeah. So here it is. <laughs> That's it. So um this weekend folks we got the lumineth realm lords they are going to be finally here we've been waiting for this for months now i think uh, grimdark live started talking about the lumineth back in december and this jam-packed army set is going to be on pre-order this saturday and it's going to be in all your pointy eared players sweaty palms the following saturday um i gotta tell you the colors evan the blue the whites the golds it kind of brings me back to my uh my high elf days a little bit man island of blood that's what I'm saying. Island of, uh, yeah,
2: exactly. The Island of Blood set was actually one of my personal favorite box sets, only because, first off, I'm kind of biased towards it because it was how I started out. But in the same breath, it was the color scheme for it, like the white and blue here. It just looks good. Right. The color scheme, at least. It just looks, besides yeah. the helmet, it just looks great.
1: Yeah, you know, I got to tell you, I think a lot of people are going to, there's some fantastic artists out there and sculptors, and I think they're going to be doing a lot with those helmets. Um, at least yeah. I would I would hope they would. But this, this box set, from what I'm to understand, is going to be strictly limited in quantity, and the the Lumineth Realm Lord army set is going to contain, they're saying, nearly everything you need to really start this army. Uh, the books, the dice, everything, and what's interesting, what I like about this, because back in the old days, this was one of my favorite characters, the army is going to be led by the Light of uh, El- Altharion, I Altharion. Mean. Um, uh, he's obviously the champion of the elves uh, that that some of you might remember from the old world days. He wrote a griffin, um, but now he's just a ghost in a suit of armor kind of a thing. Yeah, I guess so. But we're going to get into some of his stats here later, folks. You're going to want to pay attention because that guy's a beast. I mean, holy, holy crap in a pickle bucket. That guy is a beast. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 you know, and as I've been told about other nuggets of information on this army, by the way, um, that we're going to be getting into later here in the show, I've been told that the number of box sets are really low and they're expecting this to be, uh, going out and, and being bought up fast. I, I think the, the price points only at $185 US. Um, so that just means that people are probably going to be buying doubles and, and maybe even triples of them and splitting them with their friends. Um, and you know, I got to tell you, I'm not an elf player anymore. Um, but, and, and when I, when I first saw this army, Evan, you know, I ragged on it. I was kind of, I, I kind of made fun of it. Um, yeah. But I got it's oh, kind of grown. That, it's kind of grown on me. I I'm okay with being a little wrong.
2: You know what's funny is besides like like very small minute details of the army, I think the entirety of it, I mean, about seventy five percent of it, eighty percent of it, actually looks pretty great. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, like it, as far as like you know the way the spears form, the way the um the people are in positions, like like some of it's a little weird sometimes, but for them, by and large, most part of it, it's it's a good looking army so far.
1: It it really is. Yeah, I, I have to agree, and you know, but. But so, so going back to this, because we're going to be getting into the Lumineth Realm Lords here. We're going to be touching on it. We got some interesting parallels. Like, like Evan, I think later on in the show, we're going to be talking about, you know, good, good armies that can compete probably against Lumineth as far as their matchups. And and folks, we're going to be getting into what this army and and beyond what you've heard, uh, old uncle Grimdark here, uh, and, 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 and his sidekick Kid Chaos, we've got some, uh, we've got some. Behind the curtains, information that I think you're going to want to stay tuned for. But yeah, this Lumineth Realm Lo- Realm Lords box it, it retails for 185 bucks, uh, and it looks like GW uh, likes these limited box sets, these releases. Like we saw them try yeah. with 40k, the Sisters of Battle release as well. That that was limited, and those things were off the shelves in no time. And hopefully, that also means we're going to see these models sold separately before too long. Um, you know, plus the rest of the army. I think I think there's more to come beyond this. Obviously, we know the big uh, yeah big, big giant mountain cows yeah. So, but folks, this box set is essentially a heck of a starter for uh, the, the new faction of elves. So let's get into this real quick before we move on here, Evan. So this is what we're getting in this box. And I want to hear what your thoughts are. So in mm-hmm. this box, you're going to get 10 of those uh, Arlen Wardens. Okay. You're going to get five of the Venari Dawn Riders. You're going to get, obviously, the General, which is the Light of Altharion. um, You're going to get a Lumineth Realm Lord's Battle Tome. War Scroll cards, tokens, uh, a three-inch measuring stick, and it looks like 20 dice, I think, if I were to count them up there, but I, I'm, don't quote me on that, but I think it's 20 dice. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. I mean, for 185 bucks. what are your thoughts?
2: I, I think it's pretty well averaged as far as, you know, GW's prices are always kind of like drawing your first drop, but thinking about all the that we get in there, the only thing that's goofing me out is the guy in the middle, the big man in the suit of armor. Eltharion, um, yeah,
1: the light of Eltharion.
2: Yeah, is he is he a named character? Uh,
1: well, I'm going to say yes. I, I, think, I think that we do that understand that he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a named character. But, you okay. know, as we're yeah. going to get into some of his stats before, you don't have to worry mm-hmm. about him not being able to take certain, you know, command abilities and, and artifacts mm-hmm. because he don't need them.
2: Exactly. Yeah, my, my, my point, my, my I guess my question is um, if you're going to buy two or three of them or, you know, if GW is aiming to get one person to buy, you know, let's say two or three of them, um, you're not going to use both named characters.
1: You know what? The, what they'll do is they'll sell them. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be allies to. Well, I, you know what? You know what's interesting because they're the the race of elves that that techless kind of liked. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see these guys allying with the at Deepkin. Possible. Yeah, that's I possible. Mean, that could yeah. start a whole new fract You know, a whole new fracture is what I wanted to say. As far as in in the elves, just like we had in the olden days with the high elves. And the dark elves and those those dirty hippies, those wood elves that used to hang out and you know the woods it. eat
0: granola. <laughs> um, it, it, it
2: might be like a War of the Beards kind of thing, where like you know the like the under the sea elves, you know, like the um, Little Mermaid elves versus the the cow elves here, and it might, it might be a little rivalry, like it was back in back in fantasy.
1: That would be cool. I would like to see them redress, you know, some type of a elf dwarf, you know, elf yeah. versus elf kind of thing. That'd Civil be cool. war so, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, but folks uh look for this to hit stores on the shelves on june 27th uh so be sure to get yours fast because just like the other box sets like loon curse and feast of bones this thing probably is is going to go flying off the shelves
0: pretty pretty quick a public service announcement brought to you by frag factory 3d printing Many of us have thousands of dollars in miniatures, yet we play on flat tables with books and overturned Tupperware to act as our fantasy and sci-fi landscapes. We've all drooled over the tables we see in magazines lush with beautifully created terrain from all genres. The crew at Frag Factory 3D Printing want to wipe that drool from your chin and put it firmly on your friends and fellow gamers when they see your setup. Alien landscapes, desert wastelands, futuristic cities, fantasy outposts, elven forests, demonic stronghold, and so much more. Find out what you've been missing by checking us out on Facebook at Frag Factory 3D Printing or send us an email at fragfactory3dprinting at gmail.com. Bring your own files or we will help you find what you've been searching for. Take your gaming to the next level with Frag Factory 3D Printing. We print life into your games. Tell them Grindark Live sent you and your first hour of printing is free. Hey,
1: gang, in all seriousness, Get your terrain on the table and get it with Frag Factory 3D Printing. And remember, tell them Grimdark Live sent you, and they'll give you one hour free. You can get them via email at fragfactory 3 dprintinggmailcom at gmail.com or their Facebook page, Frag Factory 3D Printing.
0: Frag Factory 3D Printing. Printing life into your games. Now, back to the show.
1: So, um, but let's, uh, let's, let's roll, let's actually, you know what, let's kind of stick with this a little bit because I would like to, if we can, um, get into the, the Lumineth Realm Lords as a whole, as far as, um, the army's concerned. Can, can we, can we jump into that now?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I don't see where he's not to.
1: So here's what, um, here's what I have right here. And I'm going to put this up on the screen because I think this is what, what we want to kind of discuss right now. So... Here's a little recap from what we know about the Lumineth. And here it is. And and we're going to get into this, Evan, because I think you're going to pick up on a lot of things here. Take the first one. They can use Aether Quartz to enhance their abilities. I'm going to read through this real quick. Sure. They can activate two units in the fight phase instead of one to fight before the enemy. Uh, The Alareth Stone Guard with a 3-plus save and ignore negative 1 and negative 2 rend using their enhancements and battle traits. Stone Stoneguard can move enemy models in the fight phase, I suppose, away from them. We'll have to find out. Um, the Venari uh, Alaren Warden's Spears have a three-inch range. Now here's the big one. Teclis can auto cast four spells. So protection of Teclis is a five plus, basically feel no pain, to an 18-inch bubble. Most likely Holy Within. The Storm of Searing Light... Of white Light is a Mortal Wounds on Chaos units, probably within an 18-inch hole bubble. Total Eclipse is um, enemy uh, uh, uses, so enemy, uh, I believe this is casters are going to use 2 CP instead of 1. Uh, characters are going to use, uh, you know, command abilities, have to use double the command abilities instead of 1. That, Interesting that right there and so let's let's get in with the first one and, and there's more to this list here folks but but we're just going to touch the first part so let's get into the aether quartz realm stone so this is used to empower the mind body and soul of the bearer but the first thing i thought of here was fire slayers right
2: yeah yeah you yeah. I mean either that or the blood of christ you know he's... yeah if mind, body, and soul, are gonna get enhanced and stuff like that. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> that's it. surprisingly
2: religious. No so, I'm kidding. Um,
1: but what are your thoughts when when you see that right there? I mean, aether quartz. I mean, right off the right off the bat, I think fire slayers.
2: I would. You know what's funny? Is I was thinking dwarfs too. I was thinking of the um, Karajan overlords and their and their their or their gold. Yeah, that's
1: right. The aether gold. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Or or even you could you could look at it from a different perspective and say the um those little um, almost commandability points that the uh, bone reapers get.
1: Right. Right.
2: So you, you kind of, kind of a combination of those as well. Um, real stacked. I mean, that, that list right there, the whole times two activations, the move models, assumingly away from them in the combat phase, auto cast four spells. That is a very beefy lineup to oh, have. Oh, you're
1: not. Yeah, you're not kidding. I mean, that's, that, that's, there, there, there's some, that, I mean, that that's, that's, that's business right there. But yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's go back to the Aether Quartz here. We're not going to, folks, we're, we're going to, we're not going to like, dig into every single one of these, because we, we just probably know everything, if not a little more than everyone else. But I remember that Aether Quartz is the Hyetian Realm Realmstone and the natural home where, or of the natural home of the Lumineth Realm Lords. They're, they're, they're from Hyche. So, uh, which is the Realm of Light. And to go back to this, this is where it ties into the, the lore a little bit. When we said that this is empowered, you know, to, this is used to empower the mind, the body, and the soul of the bearer. But as we're aware in the lore of the Lumineth, this does not come without a cost. Now this is where it gets creepy from what I understand, Evan, you ready for this?
0: Sure.
1: Because this, this realm stone offers illumination, the Aether Quartz crystals eventually grows dim, like a, think of like a light bulb just slowly going out. And so it drains the emotions of the bearer to restore its inner light. So as it dims, it, it, it sucks the emotions out of the bearer, So it can essentially be relit. Wow. So this, yeah. So this rock basically sucks the emotions out of the bearer.
2: And that's insane. Okay. Oh, I mean, I mean, as far as lore goes, that's, that's awesome.
1: Well, wow. I'll say this, does this, is it me or, or the elves just seem a lot darker in age of Sigmar than they ever yeah. did before.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, they seem almost more, you know, dark elf than they did. Um, high elf. Yeah throughout throughout the throughout the years here that they're grown um but that, i mean that's a cool ability though nonetheless i mean
1: it's it's creepy it's creepy i
2: mean do, do you think do you think in game though do you think they're gonna have a, a side effect almost like the um like the gold does for the Karajan overlords like the negative one bravery
1: or i think i think it's going to have something that's going to benefit them i, I somehow i'm not sure what it is obviously we're gonna have to wait and you know for yeah. another two weeks before we have those books in our sweaty palms Absolutely. but, but the Lumineth, obviously like like all elves, they seek perfection in, in everything, right? You know, they yeah. but when they when they look at something like this, they probably look at it like uh a sacrifice, like a like basically a rock sucking out your emotions is well worth paying because of their of what their belief is and that's, you know, is is emotion. This is what I thought it was interesting when I was reading a little bit about this, that their belief is that emotion is a path to corruption, i. e. their mortal enemy, slanesh.
2: Interesting. Okay. I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, you know, that kind of makes sense, but
1: that's kind well, of an interesting way to look at it as well. Yeah, I mean, the the excessiveness of of slanesh, it does. But but speaking of slanesh, I just want to throw another curveball at you. Yeah, these stones are a lot like an addiction, if you think about it, which would be right up slanesh's alley. Yes,
2: yeah, so you might be actually playing into their hands a little
1: bit. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, think yeah. about, yeah. But think about this: once the energy that's bound within the aether quartz diminishes, it's left blackened by drained emotions, I guess. Yeah. The Lumineth, okay. basically, I guess they discard these spent stones, replacing them with freshly prepared aether quartz to revitalize them once more. So it's almost like an addiction. You know, you smoke, you got to smoke that cigarette, you put it out, you go get another one. Or you drink that, they drink that booze or line of cocaine, whatever it is. And here it is, Slanesh, the excessiveness of it. So it, to me, it kind of ties into that a little bit.
2: Yeah, they're just a bunch of drunks. <laughs>
1: they're, <laughs> they're, they're just, they're all into the, uh, Uh, into their Aether Quartz addiction. But moving on with this this list, another thing that caught my eye, do you remember my Swordmasters? masters? My sword Swordmasters, obviously. Sadly, yeah. Yeah, and remember I always had one gripe about them that they were a target? Yes. You know, there are a lot of times in games, folks, I would would have this beautifully painted, ready-to-go unit of 20, maybe 30 Swordmasters. I would put them on the table. They'd immediately get shot off the table or targeted. And a lot of times... I didn't even have to bother putting them on the table. I kind of have a feeling that the Alarath Stoneguard are going to be have the what I like to call the Swordmaster's Curse. Those are the big Hammer Elves.
2: Yeah. With the negative one and negative two rend resistance though, and a three-up save, they're going to be tough to to peel away. Um, yeah. But no, you know, odds are Elves are being one wound apiece. piece. Mortal wounding might be the solution, which you could be right right back on track with that Swordmaster's Curse, where you could get. You know, no pun intended. Here, a scaven player to warp lightning cannon a couple of stone Guard away, and then you know, th- yeah, there, there's, there's the curse reinstated all over
1: again. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's what that's what you used to do, or, or you know, I, you know, any like the old, the, and of course, I'm going to bore everyone for a second here with with fantasy battles, but back in the day, the Bretonian uh, um, oh, yeah. trebuchets, or, or the doom, the, 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 the what are they, the, the, the doom rockets or whatever it was, um, uh, the the goblin Orc and goblins, the
2: oh the, the uh, yes doom rider, uh, the do- yeah counter,
1: whatever it was. Any rate, so yeah, but, but my my sword never saw never saw a full game because they were immediately because everyone knew what they could do, and I think that's what's going to happen here with the stone guard. People are going to see these 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 models as well, just like they used to look at the the, the high elf sword masters as as ass kickers. They know what they're going to be able to do in combat, and they're never going to let that happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. you know what's funny? I was actually, you know, just by looking at this, um, like, list here, this, you know, the Stone Guard and the Aether Courts, and, you know, the times to attacking something, I could see Stone Guard being spammed. Yeah. If, if You know, a good way to put that. I mean, because yeah, with a three-up save, because realistically, the only thing that has that in the game as of right now, um, to a certain extent, is Bone Reapers. And I mean, look at how well those guys are doing right now. So I, I yeah. could see Stoneguard kind of being the, the the counter outfit <laughs> a little bit to um, Bone Reapers in that, in that sense. In that regard. And,
1: and, and we're going to touch on that because, you know, Bone Reapers is one of the armies that we said we thought would be a good contender uh, from what we know about the yeah. Illumineth right now. But we got two others. And let, let's kind of hold off on that for a second, because that's going to be a great. I mean, I really want to hear your thoughts on that. I, th- I think I think I think I know what you're going to say, and I'm excited for it. Absolutely. But let's round this list out here. Techless can auto cast four spells.
2: Yeah, it, it smells a lot worse in the room right now because I just absolutely pooped my pants. Um, yeah. Because four spells auto-cast is pretty... I mean, because really, the whole point of this game is acceptable risk, right? You roll the dice, whether it's five by fives by 5s and you're thinking to yourself, well, this is never going to go off, or you got an attack where it's twos by 2s and 4 damage. And you're right. like, well, there, there's no way they're not surviving this one, right? Auto-casting four spells gets rid of that acceptable risk. Um, and you're going to see Techless pretty much I'd say about in half of your new elf armies. Oh, um, yeah. That is just an absolutely elbow dropping
1: ability. I think this makes up for that terrible model that Teclis is, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, his position is a little weird. Like I was like I was saying earlier, like some of the models are a little goofy. Um, but I think people are either going to convert him, green stuff him, whatever, um, or just play him as he is and then just win all the games.
1: Yeah, I, I think oh. I think for sure uh you know with that whole Sphinx wing up his butt yeah. whatever's happening there I don't know. It looks a little weird to me, but at any rate. You know what? Uh, hello Nagash. I think mean, this is this I mean here's the thing. I mean Teklish I mean he's a god, right? So we, yeah. we we have to understand that. But when you compare him to the only other I guess big wig caster in the game which is Nagash. If you think about it this way, think of all the pantheons, right? Think of think of order, destruction, death. Chaos, whatever. Especially with chaos, they have yeah. these gods, right? You, you know, they they have these gods. That you never see these deities. Well, they don't have that for death. You know, Nagash is the is the CFO. He's the head honcho. He's he's yeah. the he's the guy at the top. So obviously, he's going to be a beast of a caster himself. But we've seen these wizards come along and things, you know, in the game. But I think I think Techless could very well be a a rival. Um. To Nagash, depending on on what kind of what kind of you know magical saves and things like that, you know Teclas has before. But you remember Teclas back in the old editions, he was a beast.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know what's funny was ever since I you remember playing against him, which you know eight year old Evan's you know memorability <laughs> as far as that's concerned is probably a little bit faint. But um, just looking at the stat lines here, I would almost beg to differ that he's might be a little bit better depending on the spells that he's able to cast with those four autos. Right. Um, because you know Nagash has got all those pluses depending on how many wounds he's taken. Blah blah blah. But having four auto auto-casts, like I was saying earlier, just completely disregards whatever pluses or minuses you may or may not have.
1: Yeah, the auto cast thing is really kind of interesting to me because he doesn't have to roll any dice. No. You, know, the, the player, like... you know, you can just you can just cast those things. Where you know, um, you you take somebody like like Nagash, um, yeah. you know, he can cast what I, I forget how many I mean, right now. Like eight,
0: yeah, like eight,
1: but, but you gotta, but you have to, um, you have to you have to roll for those.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and you know, you know what's funny is if Teclas and Nagash um decide well, to arm wrestle um in the hero phase together, Teclas will win because he has those four auto casts.
1: Yeah, but I I think I think Nagash base, I think he can attempt to cast three spells in the hero phase and attempt to unbind three, but the, he's got other things that can that can have him uh cast additional spells, right? He's got different different artifacts he can take or something, but I think base war scroll. I think he's I think he's three 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 to cast three to dispel.
2: I think his staff gives him pluses, you know, like if like additional casting attempts. Um and oh as, yeah, as wounds power go down, whatever that is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. as as his um wounds go down, so does his still yeah. attempts. But yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, regardless, I mean, uh, Techless, you know, I gotta tell you, they 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 pulled out all the stops and they remembered that back in the day, uh when he was a, when he was a high elf, he was, he was he was he was he was the best caster on the table by far. Yeah. absolutely. So but let's uh let's keep rolling with this swing because we we have the, the next portion of the list here. And you know, obviously, this is what I wanted to say. The the light of Altharion is a monster. Now he was pretty good in the old edition of Warhammer Fantasy Battles, but here, um, he's pretty good. You know, he, so he's ethereal and he can half the damage inflicted by by melee and range attacks. So he's resilient. You can ignore negative modifiers for hit rolls and every six to hit equals two successful hits. And I bet you they have that caveat at the end that says, and roll the, roll the wound is normal. So he probably has that on top of the, the two successful hits, um, four attacks with, uh, twos by threes, negative three damage, D three plus one to wound. If it made a charge move and for every six to wound, it's one mortal wound in addition to its damage. So this guy is a blender. He's got two attacks, With another weapon that's twos by threes negative one damage d3 and he has a ranged profile too which you know i don't (laughs) like he needs it yeah and the endless spells you know we made fun of them a couple of shows ago and i'm kind of eating my words here a little bit because the the sigil of uh yindra uh is an endless spell ability it's negative one to hit from enemy attacks and plus one to save like a garrison uh and can do mortal wounds in the combat phase to enemies within three inches the reservoir of yeah, yeah. power is another endless spell ability. It can it can um, store some some charges if somebody casts a spell within 12. So it's like an electric bolt. It, it the more you cast within 12 inches of it, it stores power um, and turn to stone. It's an endless spell ability where it's mortal wounds at the start and end of the movement phase on a 4 plus and a negative one from run and charge rolls to units within six inches. Obviously, you know lumineth aren't affected by it. So. Um, Absolutely.
2: Yeah. You're going to see that sigil next to a block of stone garden. And now there are two up armor save with negative one, negative two shrug off. Ouch. Yeah. You know, Best that's a good point. Luck.
1: I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it that far, Best but yeah. of luck getting rid of those guys. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, you, if I... you
2: can't do mortal wounds, it's just pretty much like that's just water on a rock. At that point, it's going to be constantly just waving it off. Like it's not even there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're you're, uh, you're, I think you're, I think your goose is going to be cooked at, at that point. Yeah. Hey, gang. I wanted to take a break in today's show to introduce one of our sponsors and a great store for all of your hobby needs. That's GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Open seven days a week, 12 to 12.
0: GameStorm Gaming has got you covered for all of your hobby and gaming needs. They got Magic the Gathering, War Machine, X-Wing, Game of Thrones, Force of Will card game, PC gaming and repair, Warhammer 40K, and Age of Sigmar, and a ton more. Grab paints, brushes cases, dice, and a lot more at GameStorm Gaming in Lamont, Illinois. Stop
1: in and see John and the gang there at GameStorm Gaming, located at 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, or check them out on their website at GameStormGaming.com. Again, that's www.GameStormGaming.com.
0: They also stay open past midnight for special cases and events, so get over there and get your nerd on with GameStorm Gaming. 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois, 630-243-9330. Again, that's GameStorm Gaming, 1243 State Street, Lamont, Illinois.
1: GameStorm Gaming is a proud sponsor of Grimdark Live. We hope to see you there. Yeah. But um, let's go back to a You know, I mean, i got to be honest with you. I was a little disappointed when I first saw him, and he didn't have his griffin and, and a body. Uh, <laughs> more importantly yeah I, I think I referred to him as a, as a warm fart and a cold tin can but um but I gotta tell you uh I wouldn't want to fight him I mean this this guy is, is a beast and you know I could see people not making them his general so that they can just push him forward almost like a like a it's torpedo into a unit yeah. you want to get rid of or, or severely weaken. yeah you
2: know what's funny is, depending on his movement speed and obviously number of wounds um he could be a really really terrifying objective capture um uh counter charger right um Objective capture as well, I guess, depending on his movement speed, but um, him being a monster is a little upsetting, though, because he's kind of tiny. As far as, you know, his his model specifically goes, Um, that means he can't, you know, obviously get that um, minus one to hit for lookout, sir, and stuff like that. But being ethereal and halving the damage to melee um, and range attacks, he even if he's got only five or six wounds on him, he's probably not going to have more than that. But even if he does have five or six wounds on him, he's going to be a real beast to remove.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'm, let me let me go backwards here a little bit on uh, on techlist because uh, one one of our uh, one of our we just got a, a note in from from one of our listeners, Adam. He says techlist can can only auto cast two spells. If you want to cast four, you auto roll tens, Uh but unbinds can be attempted. All right, cool. That's good information, okay. Adam. Thanks, yeah. bud. Okay. I appreciate that, man. That's good stuff.
2: It's, so, you know, it's funny. In that in that regard, you know, it's funny. Obviously, that's that, that's um, still pretty pretty fantastic. But no, like that's that's good information to have, especially you know, coming from. Uh, one of our listeners is good to, good to hear from him.
1: Yeah. Heck yeah. And, and you know what? Like I said, you know, we, um, uh, yeah, it's always good. It's always good to get that information. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm, I bagged on this army in the beginning. Yeah, I really did.
2: Same, same. And,
1: and I, I'm kind of eating my words a little bit. And honestly, I'm a little happy about that. But um, yeah, I think you're right about that sigil. I think they're going to plant that right, right by those, uh, by the hammer elves. And, and that'll be that. I think. Yeah. Um, it's
2: going be a real, real tough thing to remove.
1: So, but I got to tell you, here's, here's the most interesting thing that I came across um, and everyone is a wizard. Wow.
2: That's terrifying.
1: Wow. I mean, I, I know that, that elves have always kind of had that. There's some, there, you know, you had the, you had the wood elves, uh, the, the, I can't remember the, the, the unit that are on the horses, you know, they, they were always, yeah. uh, they had the ability to cast and dispel. I know that, uh, even in the beastman army, if you take the, the, the Zeech, um, battalion, you know, that you can get, um, your ability to dispel within nine inches there's other things that you can do or you have to you know to yeah. or there, maybe there's units but for the fact that everyone in this army is a wizard i guess it makes sense i mean if you were created by techless um i guess yeah, it does make 3,
2: sense. years old <laughs> or something like that. You know, <laughs> yeah so,
1: yeah and that
2: i think i think i'd learn a few card tricks if i was three thousand years old you know
1: right right and you know it, it's funny because um let me pull this thing up and 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 here's one thing right here there it is And one more thing, your baseline units are wizards. As students of Teclis, the warriors of the Lumineth Realm Lords are keenly attuned to magic, so all Venari units, in case you have not been keeping up, that's the pikemen, horsemen, and bowmen, can cast magic, can unbind enemy spells, or use the power of Heish, a spell that boosts their excellent sun metal weapons oh there you go that that probably plays into the, the aether quartz probably, uh, yeah. and makes them frankly terrifying against armored foes there you have it oh
2: okay yeah okay the, that that last sentence there and makes them frankly terrifying to against armored foes which was that bone reaper point that we were making earlier
1: uh, they, oh, yeah that's right that's right yep. That's that's a good way to put it yeah absolutely that's a great way to put it so so yeah i think what we what we should do is let's um Let's get let's get into this a little bit because I want to talk about the Lumineth Realm Lords. I know that 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 we kind of had a conversation uh, before the show uh, and kind of you know discussing what we were going to talk about and we said what are, what would be some good matchups based off of what we know about the Lumineth and let's let's kind of get into that. So so Evan, let me hear your thoughts, man. Give me the first army that you think would be a good matchup against Lumineth.
2: Well, besides Bone Reapers like the ones we were talking about, I think funny enough, I think Zinch is going to be a really tough lineup for yeah. the elves because okay. in, in in a case where you can auto cast four two on tens two automatically um that adds four to their summoning pool right off the bat and then if every single one of your guys are casting a spell on every single one of your units are casting a spell on top of that you, a Zinch player doesn't even have to cast a single spell in order to be able to summon something at that point right i mean you can just you can sit there and just spam little demon units all over the board and you might actually have Real trouble on your hands if you're if you're an elf player.
1: Yeah, because um, I mean those, those those demons are are going to be able to not only shoot you, but they're going to be casting spells and doing things like that as well.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, obviously the zinch player is not going to just sit there all game and not cast a spell either. So yeah, you're going to have pretty much like a crazy amount of um, uh, summoning points on that zinch side, which could could run into an issue. And on top of that, you know, like we're talking about the uh, the, uh, the other other um, second, I go the mortal wound shooting and stuff like that. Right. Or even, uh, you know, run shooting and multiple damage shooting. Um, elves, odds are, are going to be one wound apiece. And with multiple damage shooting, um, unless you're, you know, firing at the, you know, fart in the tin can, you're not halving those damages. So right. you might have a real issue in your hands if a, if a three damage shot goes off. Yeah. You know, you know, know I bet your, you, if this, you
1: know, this army is going to be as magically in tuned, um, as you're saying, Zeech might be a hell of an opponent against them. Because if you think about it this way, even their low even their lowest of units, like the Horrors of Zeech.
0: You know, yeah, they can right.
1: cast and dispel one, um, yeah. and forget about their characters. Like, I'm not even going to talk about, you know, the flux master or the chain right. or, you know, any of those, any of those, you know, the, the, the big bird. thermaturge. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about any of them, but I mean, they have a lot of units that, you know, can appear in very inconvenient places and cause a lot of oh, yeah. havoc and their mobility. You know, yeah. you know, I think, I think we got to remember that too, their mobility. I mean, you know, screamers, um, are 16 inches, you know, so, um, and we've also we've already seen what that that type of an army can do for sure. yeah,
2: no absolutely. And you know on on top of the flamers as well, um where you know on average elves are you know in in game, as far as I'm concerned, they're anywhere between five to seven inches movement speed.
1: yeah right. Unless out they out. have
2: teleportation, yeah, unless they have teleportation that I'm not aware of in this army, um, those flamers are gonna get a lot of damage off beforehand right. so i yeah i could see zinch being a hard counter towards um the new the new cow elves
1: yeah especially with with you know you get a each army that's got the eternal conflagration yep. you know they're they're dressed yeah. up with that and and you know i know that that's kind of the new hotness or at least at least that was i'm it might still be now but probably <laughs> um, <laughs> you know i mean here, here's the thing you know you, you i think there's something the shroud of warp flame you know where you, you roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound inflicted by um I think it's a melee weapon, uh, maybe not shooting. It is melee. And uh, three plus, the attacking unit suffers one mortal wound. So even if they want to go after characters, and and you've got you've got um, the artifact of power on your on a character in the internal conflagration for Zeech, you know the army has got the ability to attack you back and and put themselves in inconvenient places along with their magic. So yeah, I would yeah. definitely agree with you that yeah, Zeech is uh, is definitely going to be a, a good. From what we know, folks, and I, I'm going to yeah. say that right uh, now. From yeah. so what we know, all right. Let's. What's your second one? Who else?
2: I, I we'll, let's talk about a little bit about bottom reapers because we've been we've been kind of like you know leading into them for a little bit. All right, show. we, we should have um, started
1: with them because we talked about Nagash.
2: Right. Yeah, that is true. You know what's funny is um I think Nagash could be a a decent counter towards Techless, so yeah. they, they they might average out. Um, I'd probably you know my money's on Techless as far as magic. Um, potential. Well, yeah.
1: If it was an arm wrestling contest based off magic, yeah, I would think. Yeah, uh, at I, I this would, point, I think Tacitus would win. And I, I'm saying that too because I really can't stand Nagash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: a little bit of bias. So I am. Um, yeah, I, I am. A little yeah, no, biased. I know. Okay. I I'm I'm the same way. Just because I'm I'm, low-key, kind of tired of seeing Nagash on the table, but right. Um, as far as you know the armies go, I could see Bone Reapers being an issue with them. Um, simply because of how hard Bone Reapers hit, probably equal to elves. There being one wound apiece, piece, equal to elves. But bone reapers have one thing that elves that I'm seeing so far don't, um, and that's healing potential. Um, so it could be, you know, the two armies hit water on rock in both situations. Whatever damage the elves do to the bone reapers, the bone reapers will most likely heal. Yeah. Any damage the bone reapers do back to the elves probably won't heal.
1: Yeah, and when you're or seeing, it, it could
2: be could be a kind of a, a wash situation until you add in those you know healing buffs that three wounds a, a back around from yeah. those shapers
1: yeah i agree with that i mean and when you're seeing armies that are on the table that that have things like well i'm talking about you know folks ocr bone reapers when you talk about the the Mortec crawlers you know those things you know with a 36 inch range they're just wiping units off of the uh off the table you know that's that could be a big problem uh for for you because let's face it however much we like elves they're traditionally glass cannons i mean okay the phoenix guard were a little bit of a little bit of a, a different animal because they had a four plus ward save
0: yeah. but
1: for the most part you know these guys are um they they could be glass cannons so something like a mortec uh crawler could could definitely wipe them out
2: yeah and you know you know on average the horses um you know the cavalry in this in this game is anywhere between two to three wounds um if you're just a guy on a horse um so as far as the mortec crawler goes if you fail one of those armor saves it's flat five damage sometimes Right, so It's like, you know, you very easily could find yourself in a real pickle. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> you know? So, um, so the other thing is, is with the, uh, well, going back to the, the, the cavalry there, they, they remind me a yeah. lot of the Illyrian Reavers. So they're probably going to have yeah. some movement shenanigans, you know, before after they shoot or something to that effect. But I still think like, like the Illyrian Reavers are going to die pretty quick too.
2: Yeah, you know, what's funny is I was looking at them you know, closer before the show and. They almost look like a, a like a perfect mix between a silver helm and an Alravian reaver. Like they they as far as what they look like, You're I have right. no idea. That's how, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's how they're gonna be played or yeah. or what. But they like they almost look like they almost look like they took aspects of both those models um from the old edition and kind of just like smushed them together.
1: Sure. Well, you know what? Well, obviously they had to do that. I mean, you know, they yeah. they've been kind of cherry picking. Oh, they they got they got what you know, uh, almost 40 years, 35 years or whatever it was of, of, of data and, and lore, they're yeah. they're going to cherry pick from it. So, okay. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think OCR bone reapers disciples of each. Those are, those are two powerful contenders against what we know about the Lumineth. All right. Third one. Who do you got?
2: I'm um, funny enough. And, and this is going to sound kind like of, kind of, kind of goofy at first, but hear me out. I'm going to say Sylvaneth.
1: And, and he, I thought for sure when you started to say the S word, I thought you were going to go with Seraphon because that would be my pick, but let's hear yep. the Sylvaneth. Okay. I, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to agree with you. Goofy. That is goofy. Let's hear Silvanath it. Sylvaneth
2: for, for one of two reasons. One, and that's because they are in in my opinion, as far as I've seen them played is the absolute Kings of screening Dryads, Um, you know, archer, um, the revenants, yeah. the spite revenants, the, you know, tree revenants, the whole nine yards. And they have those really heavy hitting guys, Colonel Thunders, um, where they've got negative two and some of their weapons. So if you're not playing Stone Guard, which my guess is they're probably going to be anywhere between 160 to 180 points per unit of 10. Um, could be more expensive than that. That's my, that's my guess as far as the points goes. Yeah. You're not going to have a whole lot of those Stone Guard in the army. So in, in an army where it's going to be comprised of, obviously, models um, like bigger models like Techless, you're not going to have a ton of points left over for, um, you know, a lot of board coverage. So with teleportation, with Sylvaneth, um, with Mortal Wound Potential, Potential uh, in the forest and stuff like that in their spells. Um, things like bow hunters, where they're gonna be able to knock out some of those smaller characters. Um, you might find yourself in a real pickle as far as being surrounded. Any army really, Sylvaneth, not necessarily exclusively, but any army that you could find yourself surrounded by um might have might have an issue with. Because it doesn't look like this army is gonna have a lot of units on the table. It's gonna look like it has a couple of units, maybe mid-range model count. Um, high damage potential.
1: Yeah, like yeah. if
2: you look, you look at the mountain cows right now, they're on the screen right now. Um, that giant hammer is going to only hit maybe let's say five or six Ungor. So even to beastmen, you know, in that regard, you might find yourself in a in a real pickle if you get surrounded by cheap infantry.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I I hear what you're saying, and I think that I think that the um, I th- I think you make a good case for the Sylvaneth. I hadn't thought about that. That, that kind of came out of left field. I mean, my in my mind, I was thinking um. I was thinking the Seraphon, for instance, because you know, really, you want to talk about teleportation and movement. You know, the Seraphon kind of have that, and you know, let, let's face it, you know, Lord Croak, Slans, you know, Star master they are are no jokes as far as magic is concerned.
2: Absolutely, and you know what's funny was I was thinking about those guys earlier, um, and in, in regards to the tactics behind Seraphon, for the most part, um, it's either. Um, Big monsters, you know, as far as the basilidons, the stegadons, um, in the coalesced or there is the starborn, where it's endless spell spam. That's pretty much your two, your two kings among the seraphon as of right now that I'm that I'm aware of. Sure. And as far as the um, monsters go, it looks like the monsters for the elves are going to hit harder than the monsters for seraphon, and it looks like the, sp- the spell potential for elves are going to be higher than the spell potential for.
1: Yeah, I Fair I so it would I, I think to able it able to down on the down in the right list would would uh, would uh would would do pretty darn good. But you know you yeah, make, you yeah, make, make some, a compelling yeah. you make a compelling case. And you know it's funny. I'm I'm going to bring Adam back up. He's one of our listeners. He's been he's been yeah. chiming in. So I'm going to throw a couple of things. As soon as we have a few minutes, we're a little bit ahead of schedule. So I'm going to kind of throw a thing, a couple of things at you. He was asking. Yeah. Oh, so what are your thoughts on Flesh Eater courts against Lumineth? What do you yeah, think?
2: that's the exact same thing, man. Um, being able to chuck ten ghouls for free, pretty much when I mean, if you're especially on the on the throne. Um, just launching those guys into the you know side field or back field even of the elves. Um, the elves could either you know send teclis the big man upstairs to go fight ten ghouls, right? Or he could send a unit of cavalry, which those cavalry guys don't look like they're very cheap either. You there's not a lot of good options to send these elves into chaff.
1: Right. Um, well, obviously, this army the, feels to be a little more defensive. But yeah, I hear yeah. your point.
2: Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the bows on the on these guys might be. Uh, maybe a, a good counter towards that you might, might you might see a meta list where there's a bunch of bows in a list where they're pretty much just you know like the old bone splitters used to be where they just shoot you off the board turn one sure. or something weird um they roll 400 dice and then you, you just die right um but you know flesh and your courts are right up there with it where you pretty much find yourself surrounded by cheap infantry and then there's a terror guys that decides to just drop kick your front lines
1: okay um with, All right you know
2: multi damage and so like so, that, so you know flesh you think your courts think- right up there with it yeah
1: so you think they're right up there is a is a is a contender or just a good competitor against them
2: I would say good and competitor. Good and competitors would be anything that you could able to surround your army, the opponent's army with, okay. beastmen included. All right. Um,
1: okay. Hey, I hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live experience and the show. If you want to support the show, please like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on a podcast. This way, you'll be alerted when we post new content. If you'd like to support Grimdark Live further, head over to GrimdarkLive.com, get a t-shirt, dice, or there's Patreon, which makes our show possible keeps our mics on and the lights buzzing. Big thanks to everyone, past, present, and future, who have supported Grimdark Live. We do this because of all of you, and of course, we will continue doing this for as long as we can. Okay, you guys ready for more Grimdark Live? Let's get back to the show.
0: So what about
1: about the next one here that was up on the boards, Oryx? I mean, come on, Double Cabbage, what do we got? What do you think? I
2: love orcs um i've got a you know second to skaven um orcs are awesome i love them to death but i don't think orcs are going to be able to get through a two plus armor save with negative one rend and negative two rend slaps because even if you look at the cabbages rend it's only up to negative two unless you have that artifact that gives you negative three uh good luck yeah you know i mean i'm I'm a two plus armor save a negative one negative two rend is pretty much like Paper cuts at this point to me, so it's not going to be <laughs> a big deal. So, um, yeah, which which is honestly alarming. Like I, I that's the only reason I'm saying they're going to be 180 points for 10, maybe even a more expensive net, that, because that's a real beast of a rule. Yeah, that's a horrifying. You know, to take a 460 point model like a, like a cabbage is, and pretty much just look at it in the face and go your rend and your damage, which is what the cabbage is there for. Is completely useless because I have a two plus armor save. I'm guessing there's going to be some form of re-rolling in, right. in here somewhere, whether it comes from a command ability or a spell or anything. Mystic Shield, even because you're now your two plus re-rolling ones. Um yeah, that's it. Good game.
1: All right, good. Well, I'll tell you what. So 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 your your big three picks that are gonna be probably good contenders for the Lumineth Realm Lords, based off of what we know now on the yeah. Lumineth Realm Lords, are the Osiarch Bone Reapers. The so disciples is each, and the Sylvaneth. That's what you yeah. think. I agree it, you, with you. you, would, you on swap Sylvaneth out, Frank. I'm going to swap out Seraphon with Sylvaneth.
2: Okay. Okay. Not bad.
1: But that's uh, that's just my two cents in a tin can. But you know, it's it, it's right now we're kind of we're kind of you know we're we're kind of spitting in the dark. We don't know. We wouldn't yeah. even know what we're hitting right now because we're working with bits. June 27th, folks. Uh, after you pre-order this Saturday, uh, everyone will have this. Uh, you'll have this army in your sweaty palms, but. Um, Speaking about armies that we do know something about, at least me from competing against them for the last 12 freaking years. And let me tell you something, folks. Whenever I play my son Evan here, I kind of have an upper hand because every time he wins, I ground him. So it really works out to my advantage.
2: I am <laughs> not only upset, but crying.
1: That's it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> good deal. Uh, it, so, it's always a good time, though. So Skaven, let's uh, let's get into this. So, I mean, Evan, I just kind of give a little bit of a backstory. You've been playing Skaven for 12 years. Years, man.
2: Yeah it's it's been a, it's been a awesome time to be honest. This game have evolved in a couple of different ways, and I've been there pretty much through through it all. Um, I recommend them to everybody who likes you know deceitful, backstabbing, weird tactics, um, or if you just like exploding, whether that's watching <laughs> your enemy explode or watching yourself explode. Like our game the cool. other night.
1: Like our game the other night.
2: I I went from winning a game to absolutely losing it so badly, you might as well just not even started the game at all. In a single hero
1: phase. And, and you know what? And I thank you for that because oh, I I, I, you it. Know, I'll take it. You know, honestly, folks, it was, it was, a, so let, let's paraphrase that game real quick. So I was playing, I was playing my snogglers. That, that's for anyone. Yeah. Who, that's my white Walker ogre themed army, ogre Maw Tribes against his Skaven. And we're playing along. And, you know, my son, as I told you, he uses this teleportation Skaven list. He's jumping out of gnaw holes all over the place and he's putting himself in a position to... Absolutely, do some damage to me. So go ahead. You finish the rest of the story now, Evan.
2: So I, in a, in a game, you can have up to four gnawholes holes and up to two spell teleportations. One coming from a Deceiver, and one coming from Skitter Leap on your regular um Gracier or um, Warpsier, depending on what model you're using. Um, I was able to get all my models into position right before I was about to cast my big spells, and obviously then teleport my Warp lightning Cannons into position to take out key targets. My seer explodes. My Warlock Engineer, you guessed it, explodes. I'm not able to teleport anything. And then I get punted by a couple of Stonehorns. <laughs> Good game.
1: That's and you it. know what? The Skaven delivered it. the win. But, you know, I got to tell you, and, and we're, we're going to get into this, uh, but I, I love the Skaven from a competitive standpoint, maybe because that was my first enemy, quote unquote, in, in this game. Um, and I've had a tremendous amount of respect for them, Uh ever since but here we go so evan yeah so while we're while we're talking about getting um getting into this because i i know that you've prepared some awesome lists for review three of them right i think i think we we yeah yeah Yeah. so you've got you've got three lists that you're going to be putting out there for us uh that we're going to be reviewing later now Let's have a chat about the Skaven in terms of lore and meta for some folks out there that, that may not be up to speed with them or haven't been around them for for a while. So you started with them 12 years ago. What were some big changes you saw with the Skaven in, in those 12 years? I mean, what were some things, you know, like we talked about the Hellpit Abomination and other things, but what were some things that, that you've seen change as far as what they were when you started versus what they are now?
2: As far as lore goes, um, as far as in the pages of the Black Library and obviously in the beginning of most of their battle tomes, they haven't changed a bit. They're still hilarious, self-exploding, um, deceitful rats. And that, so that part you're gonna get from the moment you started the hobby twelve plus years ago. If you if you're you know into this hobby long before I was, or or whether you started this hobby two and a half days ago, um, you're gonna be you're gonna be getting the same thing. As far as meta goes, though, there have been some crazy changes that have happened recently. There have been some changes that have just happened over the over the time. I think scaven for the whole though has slowly deteriorated the numbers as far as the amount of models you see on the table. Because when you when you think about a rat, especially a rat that's in a sewer, or you think of a rat that's you know I guess taking up a spear and stabbing you with it, you're thinking of a lot of rats taking up the multiple spears and stabbing one target with it, or you think of a lot of rats in a sewer. Um, and, and in regards to the army, there's I used to play blocks of 60 to even 100 clan rats in in a a single unit in eighth edition back in eighth and seventh edition um you'd see blocks of 40 monks in age sigmar one you'd see blocks of 40 monks even in age sigmar two um and now that the meta is slowly changing towards realistically msu mortal wound output and you know potential damage um you're you're seeing min maxing a lot happen with the um skaven battalion or skavens um specifically speaking in some of their battalions where you can get um unit or price decreases so you'll see max size units or something and then in regards to the other parts of the army you'll see almost nothing but msu and in regards to what it was what was it before it was all maxed out units you'd see five or six massive units of clan rats or skaven slaves back in the day as some people um used um in their army, and that was pretty was pretty much it. So I think, as far as the tactics go, um, in game they've they've slowly deteriorated the numbers as time gone gone on. I've sold clan rats and not necessarily taken a hit um, in game, and that's pretty much how it's how it's been.
1: Yeah, but, I, I think it's goes. interesting to me. I've seen Skaven remain competitive. They've just changed how they've been competitive. They're they're always yeah. going to be a lethal army, and and generally, like we just talked about, whenever you win against the Skaven, it's because the Skaven player defeated themselves.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I, you know, what's funny, <laughs> I've actually, I've actually defeated myself more times than I've been defeated in, in regards of actually the, the previous game where it's just been like, two out of three of your heroes have completely exploded, you can't teleport, and then there's, there's two Stonehorns looking in your yeah, face right. five, in, five inches away. So it's yeah. like, best yeah. yeah. of luck.
1: That, that'll that ruin your afternoon. But you know, it's funny, exactly, I, yeah. they've always said, and I want to kind of make this comparison, because, you know, and folks, for everyone listening, I, I'm a long time Beast of Chaos player. Um Played them when they were first called Beast of Chaos and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, any um, Evan and I, we got a joke. Whenever we team up together, as far as a team game, with, with my Beastman and his Skaven, what do we call our team? Oh, the Fuzzy Fockers. The Fuzzy Fockers, yeah.
2: Absolutely a great time. <laughs>
1: That's it. And, um, you know, it's funny. When I think about the Fuzzy Fockers, I, I heard somebody say one time that Skaven are the most evil army in the game. And I thought about this for a second and i thought about this in comparison to my fuzzy Fokker army and that's the beastmen who also are inherently evil like the skaven but they respect their chieftain and shamans they 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 essentially deal honorably with their few allies that they have and they they give worthy foes a fair fight and then i thought about it skaven have none of the those qualities whatsoever they <laughs> they they're, they're, they're there going no to uh, so they they might be none. The evilest army in the game.
2: Well, you know what's funny is actually I I thought about this as well. If you look at you know corn corn's just a really big red dude who's just angry. Slenash has got its own issues, Zinch is <laughs> okay. a couple covered in lies, and you know, Nurgle's just got that teenage acne that never left. But Skaven <laughs> Skaven will kill their own leaders, Skaven will, you know, explode whole cities then laugh about it 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 really is one of the weirdest you know, things like if you think about how a rat would behave if it had the brain of a human right they stitch together they stitch together um people and other rats to make these giant molder creations i think we're gonna get into that later in the list and stuff like that yep. help it abomination yep. um so you you even get like these scientific you know horrors in in the scaven. so it it really is one of the one of the craziest armies to play against yeah. and play yeah. in general
1: and I, I will say two things. Number one, um, be damned of the bastard that, 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 uh, took away the ability to play the hell pit abomination for so long. Oh. I thought that was the coolest monster ever on a table. Well, I should say tied with my beloved jabber slice.
2: Yeah. I'm biased towards the Hell Pit abomination only because I, I did absolutely love playing it. Um, so many good games with the Hell Pit abomination, you'd kill it. It would come back to life, which was hilarious. um, it was really, you, you saw a hell pit abomination across the table and you, it was back in the day. It was like looking across the table and seeing a terrorgeist. It right. was like, that's, I'm going to have to deal with that thing. That's going to be, that's going to be a, a tough time. This is not the Wednesday I wanted. <laughs> um, yeah. But now, and now that you're, now that you look across the table and see a hell pit abomination, you look at it and go, Oh, that used to be a really terrifying model.
1: Hey, I hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live experience and the show. If you want to support the show, please like and subscribe on YouTube and follow us on our podcast. This way, you'll be alerted when we post new content. If you'd like to support Grimdark Live further, head over to grimdarklive.com, get a t-shirt, dice, or there's Patreon, which makes our show possible. Keeps our mics on and the lights buzzing big thanks to everyone, past, present, and future, who have supported Grimdark Live. We do this because of all of you, and of course, we will continue doing this for as long as we can. Okay, you guys ready for more Grimdark Live? Let's get back to the show.
2: Yeah. You know, there, there, there isn't that, there isn't that still that, that fear factor, if you will. Um, well,
1: I think all in, I think, um, as we said, I, I, I've said, I, I saw the Skaven as, as somebody that's competed against the Skaven probably more than any other single army in the game. I've seen them remain good, but change how they've remained good. And the consistency absolutely. there is what, what amazes me. But, but all in all, I think that they're a very good army, depending on how you build them. But more than anything, they are really a fun army army and that's really the essence of this game
2: you know what's fun? you know what's great I, I have not had a bad game with skaven in a long time right right it's always i mean i always get good laughs I, i'm always rolling dice i mean there's times where my warplating cannon explodes and you're just we're both just crying laughing because i either could have killed your general and won the game or exploded and i exploded right and so that was like that was the good game and, you know it's just hilarious or you know you're it's always a good time it's yeah. always a good
1: time and, and Their you bravery
2: know, is like five, so that every time you kill something, everything else runs away. So it's it's,
1: <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and honestly, the 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 amount of ways that you can just kill yourself is hilarious, and and yeah. can often give you a, a big advantage or a huge kick in the rear. But if you aren't playing too seriously, you know, you're always going to get a chuckle either way. But I will say this, and and Evan and many other Skaven players can attest to this. For those Skaven players that do play seriously, they're going to take your lights out. They are vicious, nasty players. And, and when I mean nasty, I mean good. I mean, you, you've you lost the game before you realize it when you're up against a well-seasoned Skaven player, for sure.
2: There are sometimes, especially when I'm playing... I've actually played against Skaven, you know, not, not as often as I've played Skaven, obviously. But um, there have been times where I've seen some setups and I've gone, I don't have a way to counter this. And then that, that, that's what caused me the game is because sometimes, like, you know, with 12 mortal wound potential damage from a War Lightning Cannon... Um, that's that's a chunk of a unit. Oh yeah, or a whole unit entirely. Oh yeah, you know, so absolutely. You, you could you, could, you could find yourself in a world of hurt really freaking fast if you end right. up you know skipping and, out on the details.
1: And many times you don't even know that yeah. you're in trouble. But let's 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 keep rolling here because I do want to get into the into the lists here. Um, and and I will say this, um, you know, uh, after after playing against Skaven for years, probably more than like, as I said, any other single army, I I have to say nothing in this in the in the in the army or in the book i would say is super bad uh maybe you know there's some things we're going to get into when we talk about the list here and again uh these are lists that 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 were put together by evan 12 year veteran of the skaven uh game and you know these a lot of these are largely opinions here on the show these are things that may have worked for him whether it be a serious game or a fun game i mean right am i am i am i pretty much being correct on that yeah, you're
2: summing up pretty well there, there are some competitive aspects to uh, all, all three of these lists but for the majority part of it um the the skaven are, are for fun and there are potential lethal lists um but it, the lists that we're about to show are are majority speaking a good time and they have potential to be highly dangerous
1: yeah exactly so let's um i'll go ahead and i'll i'll throw these up on the uh on the screen and let's go ahead and start looking at these because i think um I think I think this is what we kind of need to need to see here. So, let's uh, let's go ahead and get this up on the screen. So here's your first list here. Then this one you're listing off as a as a fun list.
2: Yeah. This one the the reason I classified this one as fun isn't because it's necessarily bad. It's because it is always fun. I have played this I played this exact list um I mean probably three dozen times um in age of sigmar alone and it's every time I play it I'm like this was amazing. This was the best game I've ever had. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, so so let's go through this. I mean let, let's go so so your your leaders. You got a Gray Seer, Death Master, Vermin Lord Corrupter, Warp Lock Engineer. Let, let's talk a little bit about your leaders.
2: Okay, so starting off with the grace um I've always loved the Gray General, um specifically speaking with Skitterleap on because you can take your general from a very um horrible position that you've you've accidentally put him in. Um, or let's say your enemies broke through your enemy lines and your grace is kind of standing there scratching his ass like, I don't know what to do now. You can take your gracier and completely remove him from one end of the table to the other side of the table with no penalty other than the fact that he has to be outside 9-inch from enemy models. He can capture an objective that way. He can hop onto a gnaw hole that way. He can buff a unit that way. He can do all these certain types of things by just being able to pretty much teleport your general once per turn across the table. Um, Master of Magics I always have on them. You're gonna find that a, a theme in the in the list. Master Magics is um, really really great. It's plus one to cast, unbind, and dispel, pretty much once per turn or once per hero phase, whether it's your own hero phase or your opponent's. Um, so in your opponent's hero phase, you're obviously dispelling or unbinding, and in your own, you're casting. You can do it once, so in, you you can cast two spells. You can pretty much get plus one to one of those. Um, odds are you're gonna be putting the plus one to cast from the Master Magics onto Skitterleap, teleporting the Skitterleap to General anywhere on the board and then 3d6 casting a huge spell like warp lightning vortex or whatever you need um to bomb the enemy that's kind of the that's kind of the idea behind the general there okay all right good um moving on to the death master though nobody uses the death master that i know of um i've met like one other person in my entire life that that's ever used the death master um and he's got one of the most insane artifacts that you can take on them it's called the knob bomb you can see right there um it is pretty much you pick a terrain feature um once per game in the hero phase you can pretty much turn that terrain feature doesn't specify how large the terrain feature can be um into a hole in addition to any other rules the terrain feature has
1: yeah and, and you um, use this whether it's a fun list or a competitive oh yeah. list yeah. or anything in between
2: yeah, because really, see that that gnaw bomb is competitive. Yeah. Um, but it, all, it also is a blast to play. Because having four Gnaw holes on the table, pretty yeah. much what you do is you put one Gnaw hole in the corner of your own deployment. You put the Gnaw bomb bomb terrain feature in whatever you know corner of the you know terrain feature you got in your corner, and then two in your opponent's deployment zone. So that pretty much doubles the amount of units that your opponent has to hold back in fear that you're going to teleport a war lightning cannon behind him, a block of forty plague monks um couple of rattling guns whatever it, it may be you find yourself in a real pickle if you leave one of those um not holes open and because there's now two of them could be a real real issue for some people
1: yeah right no trust me i played against it it is a real issue trust me all right so we got the vermin lord corruptor now this is an awesome model
2: i uh, besides the yeah like you were saying besides the model being absolutely gorgeous um he's Pretty decent combat, nothing, nothing obviously through the roof crazy. He's got 10 attacks if he's at full health, um, six is their mortal wounds, no Ren though, one damage, so it's a little, you know, a little wonky. Um, but he's there to, um, for two reasons one, to buff that maxed out unit of Plague Monks and to dish out a horrifying spell. You cast it on a seven, it's called Plague, it's yeah. a four plus mortal wound to every model in the unit. So if you're looking across the table and your guy across the table has got a unit of, let's say he's kind of weird, plays tech Guard in a block of 40, you can pretty much do 20 Mortal Wounds to it on average. You see a block of 60 Goblins, do 30 Mortal Wounds to it on average. You get the gist all the way down the road. Um, he's he's Horde Control pretty much. And then last but not least is the um, Warlock Engineer. The only right. reason I take the Engineer instead of the um, Bombardier, well, I know most people like the Bombardier because it's the new model, it's the new hotness and stuff like that. Um, in my opinion, the, uh, the rocket isn't worth 20 points. I've, I've played the Bombardier a couple times. It doesn't necessarily do a whole lot yeah. in game for me. Um, so I'd, I'd rather not worry about the Bombardier's rocket, um, and have him solely based off of a buffing hero.
1: Yeah. You said uh, that quite points. a bit and you made that point. I forget we, we were, we were out gaming somewhere. We were, maybe we were at GameStorm. We were one of the sores and you were. You were you were you kind of had a pretty good hefty conversation going with a guy that was kind of for the bombardier, and you were of course for the warlock engineer.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny is in a full Scryer list, there is definitely a place for a bombardier. But if you're just looking for a hundred point buff hero to buff not only the rattling guns but both the war lightning cannons that are in this list, um, there's no reason to spend the extra twenty points on something that you're probably not even going to get off in the game anyways. And also on top of that, the the rocket, the bombardier's rocket, can potentially kill the engineer. So, I'm just there's there, you've already got enough going against you as far as that's concerned. That's um, right. To, yeah, to attempt to kill yourself as well. So, all right.
1: So, so moving on here with the fun list, this is the first of three lists that we're going to be talking about. So, let's look at the uh, the the, the troop choices here. So, you got three units of 20 clan rats, you got uh, one unit of giant rats, you and those giant rats, man. You love you, giant rats, and uh, one big fat unit of 40 plague monks. Yeah, I get that one, and uh, five gutter runners, and then three units of the rattling guns. Um, all right so tell tell us a little story about that
2: okay the pretty clan
1: rats the clan rats though, I guess
2: yeah the cool. clan rats are pretty the, the only reason i take them with the rusty spears instead of the rusty blades is because odds are i keep them in either you know rectangles fives by fours or i keep them in long strings to try and you know conga line the front of your you know force to try and not you know get charged through um in either way the models with a 25 millimeter base you're getting three ranks in and you're only fives by fours or fours by fours, depending if you're the blades. You might as well just get the extra range and try and get sneak an extra damage through, um, with the minus one to hit. Obviously, that's personal preference there. Um, I have a model with the spears. So that's partially why I keep them with the spears. Um, you know, standard bear and bell ringer on there. The they get um, plus two to run in charge rolls with the bell ringers, and they can flee and charge in the same turn, which makes them a really scary um, um, chaff unit. Pretty much what happens is you you have these clan rats up front the person smashes into them, odds are they're not really aiming to kill the clan rats. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Um, so they swing at something else, maybe the Plague Monks, maybe they don't do enough damage to the clan rats in general because they're not necessarily focused on them. You have let's say three to five clan rats left over from that unit um, after battle shock tests and all that other jazz. You then flee those clan rats out of combat in your turn, then you recharge let's say an enemy character or an enemy character that's on an objective. Um, now you've got five models against one character. Odds are, Wizards not going to be able to kill five models, most Wizards can't. Um, And then now you've just captured an objective The Clan Rats, totally harassing their backfield with this annoying little 120 point leftover um, unit. So it's always a good time, even if you don't do any damage with Clan Rats, it's kind of there to just kind of a stiff arm. Um, whatever whatever army's there
1: yeah chaff is king man absolutely absolutely i i, I
2: love my chaff man that's why next but up you, is these you giant gotta rats.
1: convince me on these damn giant rats man you always and i think i know why they're there they've been annoying me for years but okay giant rats
2: giant rats are the type of unit that if you don't forget about them you put way too much effort into them nobody ever puts 60 points into killing giant rats and that's my problem just uh, just doesn't happen um nobody even really has 60-point units running around the table anymore, to be quite honest with you. Not many people do, um, unless you're obviously a Beastman player. Um, so what happens with the Giant Rats is you take that Engineer, and you take those three rattling guns, maybe even a Warplighting Cannon. Actually, optimally, you take the Warplighting Cannon, all three rattling guns, the Engineer, and the Giant Rats, because you can do this all in the same turn, and you teleport that giant lot of models onto an open gnaw You then upcharge, you, you boost... All those rattling guns, um, weapons to damage two. You then overcharge all the rattling guns to double their attacks, probably killing some rattling guns in the process, and then you overcharge war lightning cannon, pretty much destroying whatever yeah. you're pointing it at.
1: Yeah, um, I have. You've done that to me, and folks, I can tell you right now, it is horrifying the effects.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. it it's hilarious because for ten for sixty points, pretty much you can screen. 180 points in rattling guns, 180 points in war lightning cannon, and then 100 point engineer. And you right. can screen all that for 60 points, and that's just that's just beautiful.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you know if I, you know, so, so, yeah, and I, I think I think I think you're absolutely right and i've seen that in action folks and it's it's not pretty especially if you're on the receiving end of that but i want to i want to jump ahead real quick to the warp lightning cannon of course and, and i want to say something here folks and, and don't think i'm going back to my nobbler thing here because i i brought up nobblers but i think when you think about ranged artillery equipment in the game i got to be honest with you uh, sc- scrap launchers that people don't give them enough credit. Scrap launchers, uh, for the Ogre Maw tribes are.
2: You and those Novelers, man.
1: Well, I gotta you tell you, I, the, the, scrap launchers are better than iron blasters. Hey, my opinion, you know, you know, convince me if I'm wrong, but you won't be able to. But <laughs> about when it? you think about the Noveler scrap launcher, or you think about the Mortec crawler for the, the Osiark Bone Reapers, or you think about a gray water fastness list with the Cities of Sigmar, you think about these artillery and these range equipments and you say to yourself, okay, those are some pretty tough units, but the warp lightning cannon has just a, um, an air of terror about it that I got to say that that does stick with you. Um, and I got to tell you, it's, it's always to me when I, I don't know what it is, maybe because I've played against it for so long, but when I think of, when I think of a warp lightning cannon, I think that's something I got to deal with. It immediately draws my attention Hey, Grimdark goons. I wanted to take a break in today's show to say Happy Father's Day. At this point in the show, we typically have the rules from hell or the time machine skits. But I thought this Happy Father's Day was more appropriate. Hope you're enjoying the show with my son Evan, a.k.a. Kid Chaos, as our special guest today. So Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Now, let's get back to the show. To that thing yeah. and you've got two of them and you generally do run two of them but i mean yeah yeah when you overcharge those things i mean so so go through that again so, 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 so for anybody that doesn't really know what a warp lightning cannon does
2: absolutely so a warp lightning cannon pretty much what you do is with you grab a dice you roll its power factor its power factor is a d6 let's say you roll a three on the power factor you look you roll kind of low that's okay rolling low on the power factor of warp lightning cannon is actually a good thing then you roll six dice you roll those six dice and every three, four, five, or six three plus is a mortal wound onto the enemy unit that you got that you got targeted. Um, you could upcharge that to twelve dice instead of six. Um, obviously, rolling three pluses again, but any ones you roll is d3 mortal wounds back onto the cannon. The cannon has no after save, um, as far as I know, can't possess an after save, and um, it only has eight wounds, so it's a little fragile to its own mortal wound blowback but in the regards of you can pretty much potentially do 12 mortal wounds to someone that's that's worth it you know you you walk yeah. up to a you walk up to a general with a warpainting cannon it's got a 24 inch range and you decide to you know punt the general with 12 mortal wounds realistically you're getting about anywhere between 6 mortal wounds is on average um with with upcharge with overcharging, um and then roughly four mortal wounds back to you yeah if you want to look at the averages that way um cuz on average you're rolling about a 4 a three or a four you roll half that is six mortal wounds mm-hmm. um you're averaging two two ones two ones on d3s a piece or two mortal wounds back to your piece so that's you pretty much you have about two chances of overcharging before you're dead oh yeah so th- that's a good way to look at it so you pretty much yeah. have four rounds of overcharging war lightning cannons to spend um and the beautiful part about it is let's say somebody kills that engineer that's actually a good thing um in in the regards of now the war lightning cannons can plentifully shoot their regular shot without having to worry about dying. Okay. Right. So, so, you know, what's funny is like, it's like it's not like the engineers needed to fire the warplighting cannon in general, the warplighting cannon can fire on its own and then it can overcharge to do those 12 mortal wounds. Okay. To do those nine mortal wounds or something you know, weird like that. Yep. Um, but now, you know, let's say, so let's say you get some guy who got, you know, long strike crossbows decides to pop the engineer. Um, first turn now you pretty much has you have two free warp plating cannons teleporting around the board you know shooting up whatever you want um odds are though you're going to keep that engineer tucked back pretty far um you know out of sight out of mind in right. that regard. um yes. that, that's why this list is more of a more of a fun right. cuz uh, uh, yeah
1: so, so let's, yeah, you, let's jump ahead you got your endless spells in here, speaking of fun so yeah. so tell us you got vermintide and bell of doom
2: okay vermintide's a little goofy one um it's a it's a i would say about maybe a five and a half, six inch base of, you know, pretty much impassable terrain, unless you have fly or you are a scaven model. Right. Um, so right off the bat, you can actually use that in coupling with the gutter runners up top, um, to actually screen a different flank with the warp lightning cannons. Mm-hmm. So what I've done in the past is when people have killed off my engineer, I'll take the three rattling guns and, and the 10 giant rats and my gray seer fine enough to one flank, my two warp lightning cannons, my gutter runners, and my endless spell over to a different one or flip flop the screens you know whatever you like and then okay. pretty much now you have two flanks of shooting
1: got it um, all right well good so the deal. vermintides
2: there to obviously dish out a little bit of mortal wounds yeah vermintides there to dish out a little bit more mortal wounds oh, and yeah. obviously there's a screen um Doom is there to just um negative one bravery to enemies and then no battle shock to, mo- to your friendly models so those right. 20 men clan rats and obviously the monks more importantly um are going to be you know brave gotcha <laughs> in that well, regard so
1: as far as rats are concerned yeah i and and so let's yeah, let's look at absolutely. let's look at list number two and we, we won't go through any of the units that that are that are kind of duplicate like we talked about the grace here yeah. the Vermin lord corruptor but now we got a plague priest on a plague furnace now this is kind of interesting as far as list number two um a yeah. little bit on that guy The well, reason actually, I call on the grace here you've got a different artifact you've got scaven brew on him in this one right yep um, yeah and yeah you've got so you got master of matt you got uh yeah, so, so, yeah. Well, let's, let's start with the, uh, let's start with the Plague Priest on, on a Plague Furnace.
2: Okay. Right off the bat, the reason I, I call this list terrifying is because there are some times where you just don't have the damage potential or model count to deal with 160 models. And that's 160 models across the field or 190 wound total, um, in the list is, is terrifying to see across the table. I mean, when you're looking at four blocks of 40 monks that can all do a pretty decent amount of damage, um, it's, it's terrifying. Right. So in, in the regards to the Plague Grease and the Plague Furnace, um, it's a real durable 13 wound, 4 up armor save by a 5 up ward save, um, or feel no pain, depending on what realm you're from um, model. That's It's a buff character. It could do some damage in the combat phase, but it's there for that artifact, the Liber Bubonicus, and obviously it's prayer rolls, which the Liber Bubonicus doubles the prayer rolls you can do. So instead of being able to pray once, you can pray twice. Um, yeah. The, you know, the blocks of Monks, um, between the Woe Staves and the Foted fo- Blades, you can pretty much go back and forth, whatever one you'd like. Um, with the new update towards Plague Monks, um, the Blades are better, um, but the block of Woe Stave Monks are there to push the Furnace. And those three blocks of Monks are there pretty much to just run around right, um, and hang out, have a good time. The Congregation of Filth um, pretty much lops up all blocks of Plague Monks and the Plague Furnace. So you're a three-drop list, which is not half bad right um get an extra command point and obviously an extra artifact in the distance um going back though to speaking of artifacts going back to the gray seer that scavenbrew um I believe the brew is the one that gives you the um plus one attack once per game you can pretty much give d3 mortal wounds to a, to a model or to okay. a, a unit's model or yeah a unit um and then you get pretty much plus get plus one attack okay death death frenzy is the spell where it pretty much lets you as you're dying you could just swing on to a unit okay so to give you an idea, a monk with two attacks apiece from the Photid Blades, um, plus one attack from Charging, plus one attack from the Skavenbrew, brew, rerolling failed hit rolls from the Corrupter, now it's dead, it gets those four attacks, again, on sixes to wound, it explodes into two hits, or two right. wounds. So you can really find yourself in a real world of hurt um, if you end up charging the pl- Plague Monks, because right. on top of that, they obviously explode and do mortal wounds on sixes when they die. Um, so so- they, there's mortal wound potential just like the last list,
1: but yeah, but but that's but that's really the that's really the 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 key element of Skaven. You know, they're gonna they're gonna give you a titty twister one way or the other, whether whether are yeah. dying or whether they're 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 jumping out of a naal hole, right?
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah. So all right, that's they, so, all kind of a different different look on the list, but
1: well, let's let's look at the third list then. I mean, these are great lists. I mean, here's the third list. So here's here's a different here's a different one right here, man. Oh, so we got so we got your leaders. We got a Vermin Lord Warps here, a Master Molder, and um and another Master Molder. All right, talk on this one.
2: This one is probably one of the goofiest lists I've ever shared, and uh, you re- um,
1: your references is almost good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, because Molder used to be a lot of fun and also be used to be really terrifying, aka those that of abomination down there, um, red ogres as well used to be really scary in in fantasy. Um, swinging over to Age of Sigmar though, Molder um, has been taking a hit um, as far as how effective they can really be, and in the new book, the Skaven book, the Skaven Battle Tome, they didn't really get an update. You know, they really didn't get too much love um, as far as you know what they can do and what they can't do um, besides those Master Molders. There wasn't really a lot that they've, they've gotten. Um, so I, I tried to put together the most competitive list that I could see fit for anyone who's still holding on to those Molder models. Um, explaining myself a little bit with that Lord Warps here, you're pretty much allowed one Master Clan General in the Skaven book um, and the rest of the models have to be Molder if you want that battle line option. Mm-hmm. Um the master molder right below it um, has the rabid crown, which pretty much makes the where you can reroll failed wound rolls for um, I think it's only within 13 or 16 inches of the um, molder units within them. So and then last master molder right there um, below the rabid crown one has got the battalion attached to him so he can bring back a unit that's died on a four up. Okay, for a, for a command point, it can only be spent once per turn though, or once per phase. Um, so let's say you, you knock out a unit of let's say rat ogres or pack masters or even the other master moulder, um, you can bring back that that model on a four up with a command point, which is what this really what this is begging for. Um, with that extra command point spent, um, fifty points at the bottom there. Um, obviously the battalion gave you another one, and the warps you're generating them. Um you're gonna be needing command points because I can guarantee it those units of giant rats and those rat ogres are gonna die.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and and now let's move on to your units here. There are those damn giant rats again. You got you got three units of forty, you got yeah. two rat ogres, you got four rat swarms, and you got three pack masters. So I th- I think I get the, the the giant rats. I mean those things are obviously gonna either be charge blockers, they're gonna be some kind of chaff or they're gonna be you're gonna be sitting them on an objective, right? Or am I wrong yeah. on that?
2: You know what's funny is actually they've got no save. Um, <laughs> at right. all. So the, the idea of them taking a hit and surviving is pretty much zero. Um, so what you, you really have to do is use that 8-inch movement and get across the table and lock somebody in their deployment zone for as long as possible with probably one to two of those giant rat units. Because mm-hmm. um, in, in a block of 40, they have a really weird rule that I've actually never seen outside of giant rats is their range increases the more models they have in the unit. Um, If it's like, I believe it's, if it's a 10 inch or a 10, 10 man blob, there's one inch range, 20 is two, 30 is three, I believe. And that's when it caps out or something, something along those lines. Okay. Um, So in a 40 man, more 40 man block of giant rats, you get a three inch range on average, you're getting all 40 giant rats in. Um, and And the point is to pretty much do as much damage as possible with a cheap unit before they explode. Okay. And then after they explode, using those command points to resummon those giant rats in your backfield or on the flanks of um, your opponent, and then recharging those guys in, pretty much spamming that command ability as often as possible. Trying yeah. to, you know, please kill the giant rats so that then they can come back. All 40 of them can come back.
1: I love in, the obviously. fact that you've got rat ogres and, of course, you know, the hell pit in this list.
2: Yeah, red ogres. red ogres are a funny one because um, obviously they're not going to do a whole lot with just two of them. Um, but they're a countercharging, um, you know, unit. Okay. So if there's if there's anything left over, um, which so they're, are, they're
1: they're um, there for almost to harass
2: the yep. enemy. Yeah, they're not there to you know hold the front line or anything like that. Sure. They're a lot like the rat swarms in that opinion, um, where they're pretty much there to kind of just like, for God's sakes, hold the back line. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's pretty much what they're there for. Um, so I and mean, they have damage output too.
1: What what do you think happened to the Hell Pit? I mean, I honestly, I miss seeing this model on the table. And I you don't you that. don't see it at all. You don't see it. You don't even see it. in Normal play, much less tournament. No, no, no.
2: i I you know what's funny is I've seen the Hellcat Abomination once in Age of Sigmar, and that was when I sold mine.
1: <laughs> so you, you saw it as you're putting it in a box.
2: Exactly. So that if that, if that gives sheds any lights on it. Um, Abomination is real sad. One 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 kind of teardrop point is its movement speed, and it's randomized. It's a two d six, so it's pretty much a chaos spawn in the movement phase. Okay. Um, which, for a monster that's supposed to get in there and mess something up, just not reliable. You can't rely off the the two d six movement when, right? You know, it could be two inches or it could be twelve. So, sure. In another sense, it only has a five up armor save. Yeah. Um. At but 12 wounds. it doesn't
1: it have a, a way an ability to almost like a troll or a Trogoth, to to heal? To... Yeah. No,
2: you can definitely heal, but you have to kind of be able to. You have to be left to heal. Um, oh, sure. So, Right. And you know, when when units are like I mean, I guess like the Stone Guard, which are probably gonna have, you know, a good amount of damage output, or Swordmaster still to this day, can probably kill a help at Abomination, or things like a Stonehorn or um, hearth Hearthguard Berserkers, a Help Abomination is just not surviving. Right. Twelve twelve wounds at a five up armor save is just gonna be gone faster than you can wink. Right. Um and it has an ability to come back to life. Um, but you have to roll a dice for it and odds are it's not even gonna happen in the first place. And even if it does happen, um, you can only heal one wound. Sure. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> even in that yeah. regard, um, it's. The Pit Abomination is there to one clog up um, a path. Um, it's there to distract fire mm-hmm. from the Warp Seer up top, because the Warp Seer is going to be a target, because he's sure. going to be generating the command points along with the Master Molar that are going to be generating the new units. The Pit Abomination is there to just move as fast as, as its 2d6 legs will carry it. Into combat, right? Um, to try and distract the enemy from taking out those bigger targets, because this army relies a lot, like Beastman does, where they're pretty much there to not necessarily kill you, but not die.
1: Yeah, they're hit and run. Yeah, yeah,
2: gotcha, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you know,
1: spamming kind of, MSUs and right, right. Yeah, gotcha. yeah.
2: In this in this case though, it's not MSU. It's forty blocks of giant rats, and then praying to God you roll that four up.
1: There are those damn giant rats again. <laughs> yeah,
2: to to try and re-spam those things in the backfield, well, so.
1: Good, uh, good. Well, I guess I guess we didn't talk about uh, we didn't we didn't talk about the um, the endless spells here. You got a warp lightning vortex. Uh, I think you had that. You, did you have that in the other list? Uh,
2: I do. I had it in the first list. The middle one. Oh, of that's really
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, or, you know.
2: or maybe I did have them, all three of them. But um, right.
1: the yeah, Bell yeah.
2: yeah, the, the Bella Doom was actually the most underrated one though, um, and that's because those giant rats are gonna die either way with no armor save. Goblin shooting could kill it, um, which is, um pretty upsetting sure so you're gonna you're gonna need something there to at least hold the giant rats in place for a little while um because you don't want them dying immediately you want them to survive a little while sure so <laughs> you know what i'm saying so that's, that's kind of the idea behind it um the world lightning vortex is there to obviously spam mortal wounds and stuff like that clog up a decent size of the field um maybe hold down the fort until the hell pit abomination gets there that kind of a a general idea so that's kind of the most competitive if you guys have obviously in the comment section if you guys have any you know recommendations as far as what, what to do with a molder list feel free i am i'm all yours um so that's that's as far as i'm concerned the most competitive molder list that i can come up with and even that you'd probably go one and four okay. <laughs> in four right. yeah i would not see you doing very well in a tournament with that list and that's even that's putting a lot of effort in the molder too so
1: well, I mean, you know what? Those are those are great lists, man. And, I, and honestly, you know, thank you. Nobody uh, nobody knows Skaven better better than you. And you know, folks, um, leave your comments. You know, we want to hear what you think. But you know, honestly, like I'll say this: I have a tremendous amount of respect for Skaven after playing them more than any other army, probably in the game. Um, I, I haven't come across anything that I would consider bad. I, I think they have some synergy problems, i.e., like the Hell Pit Abomination. But it, it's arguable that. You know, I think maybe even some of the Scryer weapon teams are a bit redundant because of the storm fiends but I believe that they do just enough differently to be worth it that's my honest opinion yeah um the only thing I would say is um uh there's a lack of the and you you've actually explained this to me there's a lack of the molder vermin lord I, I think that there should be something more with that um I don't know what they do with them
2: like you think there'd either. be a, yeah. a vermin lord. From older or, or any, yeah, but they kind of they kind of seem just like unloved. They're yeah. kind of just like tossed in the distance and like whatever happens, when happens to them, you know. Yeah, so
1: and when I when you were talking, I was kind of thinking about you know the weapon teams. I think they're in a better place right now compared to before, as they deal more damage than, than the storm fiends when when overcharged, like you were saying. Yeah, I mean yeah. warp fire throwing. You know, I think it's two dice instead of one. Am I right on that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, they're, they're and
1: rattling having two d six times two instead of is it three d six attacks or something like that
2: it's two d 2D, it's two d six attacks. So whatever you roll, um, okay. But you can overcharge it to double it. But if you roll a double, the model's slain after the attacks have been made.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And, and as far as this whole Skaven army, the whole skaven Tide army, I mean, in terms of units, nothing is really. I'm gonna, I'm doing the finger quotations right here. Useless, and, and at worst case, um, the, the the worst units are still okay. Like I was saying, which which is yeah. saying a lot for Scaven. Um, but one more thing before we move on to to the the question of the day here is. The plague monks are now, I would think, amongst one of the killiest units in the game when when running units of 40, um, and that's I think thanks to the the uh, plus one by plus one bonus that they get or whatever that that um, I'm probably saying it wrong right now, but uh, warp fire throwers are are also a, a, a counter to witch elves. So I, I've heard yeah. people taking down daughters of Cain, uh, which is which is pretty amazing. As a matter of fact, I think you did that. You brought your Skaven to to one of the war meets and and you actually. Was it against Daughters of Cain, or was it Iden? I don't. It was, it was an Elf army at any rate. Um, maybe it was Cities of Sigmar. I'm not sure, but I saw you do that.
2: Yeah, you know what's funny is um the the worst part about Skaven is that they they do they have a counter to everything. It's just if you if you applied it in your army, which is why in my opinion the mixed Skaven um, is the best way to go. Okay. Because the plague spells that the Vermin Lord Corrupter or the Scryer weapons teams they have they have their they're completely separate as far as what they're used for but with three units of clan rats they can be in the exact same army
1: sure
0: right so right. Um,
2: in, yeah in that regard like they're like in my opinion like the skaven have a counter to everything um, which makes them pretty pretty scary to fight um,
1: but you have to be able to you know incorporate all aspects into the list sure so, so before we move on, one question here: What what advice do you have for, say, a new Skaven player that may want to 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 get into this uh, this army? What you know, what what advice would you have for them?
2: I think the best beginner's Skaven, um army to start with is probably Scryer, only because there's a couple learning curves that you have to learn with Scaven um, that are a little bit they're a little they're a little tough to get over. But once you get over them, you're set to go. And right off the bat is you killing your own models. <laughs> right that that's a that's that's kind of an army specific um rule there's not a lot of armies in the game that kill their own models in order to do more damage to someone yeah. else or potential damage to somebody else got it um so that right there i'd probably go with scryer because you kind of get over that learning curve as far as i just killed my own war cannon you know right um, like like he didn't do a single point of damage to it and i just killed it um sure yeah so that right there uh, and, and on top of that um is if you can play with low model count skaven i think you can work with the benefits of high model count skaven that's when i'd you know slowly transfer them over into whatever other skaven list they'd, they'd like to try out but i'd start them off in scryer um because mortal wound damage is a beautiful thing that Skaven have um but also killing yourself <laughs> in a funny <laughs> way put it, is also a very big downside to skaven
0: of so, course all right
1: Hey gang, I really hope you're enjoying the Grimdark Live show so far. Thanks for being with us. But before we get to the question of the day, I want to ask you to head over to GrimdarkLive.com to enter the Nerd Bunker by becoming a supporter of the show on Patreon. There are six different levels to fit the support you may be interested in, and all provide special benefits and services to our members. So please head over to GrimdarkLive.com and become a patron of the show. And while you're on GrimdarkLive.com, you should know that Grimdark Live isn't just there for entertainment. We're a full-time miniatures assembly and painting service. We have three different levels that we currently paint to, and we provide free quotes. So let us know if you have something you need painted, and we'll get it done for you. And if Patreon or painting isn't something you're ready to do at this time, we totally understand. And thank you for spending time with us here on Grimdark Live. So with that said, let's get to the question of the day. Well, good stuff, man. Let's uh let's keep rolling with the uh with the show. Great conversations, man. Honestly. Absolutely, I mean. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, from the Lumineth uh, to the uh, it's, it's like old times, man. It's like we're talking about high elves right. and rats all over again.
2: Yeah, I, I just get, I'm getting these island of the blood flashbacks, you know. There you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, non flashbacks. All right. So <laughs> exactly. here's, here's the question of the day. Um, so you've played Skaven for 12 years. You've really stuck with that army. What is the secret to you know in in a in a in a world of gamer ADHD where people change their armies like they they, like they change their socks what is the secret that you have or can you can you tell us to how you stuck with an army? What's the secret to sticking with an army for as long as you have?
2: Honestly, I think it's playing all aspects of it. Um because right off the gate, if you look at armies like Ident Deacon, I'm just gonna use them as an example, um you have the eels and then you have the the blind foot elves, right? Sure. You got, you got the, and realistically, in-game, uh, an eel army is going to take apart a foot elf army in i can any day of the week. Okay. But to really enjoy the army, I think you have to play it casually, and and you have to play it um, at tournament level, in my opinion. Because um, realistically, I think in regards to the gameplay, you're missing out on half the gameplay if you play it only in tournaments, because you're missing out on the fun and if you if you only play fun you're missing out on how well you can do with the army um okay. so in my in my opinion i think it'd be best if if really if you end up trying to stick with the same army for this long is playing all aspects of it um so if you're gloomsplite you would play trolls and squigs and you know grots and all those you know spiders and but if you play you know ogre marae play both sides, sides of it play the play the snugglers and then play the snugglers on the big boys play right. the Play the Beast claw Raiders and, you know, go back and forth and ha- have a good time with it. But realistically, look at yourself um, as far as uh, what type of player you are. Um, if you're more of a destruction player or chaos player and then pick an army and then play all aspects of it. Um, okay. That's that's kind of my best advice is even, even if you don't think you'd like to play that aspect of the army you're playing, give it a shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, th- that's, a, that's a great way to put it. So in other words, what you're saying is really just immerse yourself in the army. Understand what the meta is. Read the books, you know, kind of. Kind of immerse yourself into it, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because you realistically, at the bottom of the line, um, you're not going to enjoy something if you don't understand it entirely.
1: That's true. Yeah, it's commitment, in, in right? my it's commitment. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, because for Skaven, um, for a long time, I didn't play Plague Monks. For a long time, I was a strictly verminous and scryer list. Um, and I did well with it, sure. But now that I've tried Plague Monks and I've bought them and painted them and, you know, all this kind of stuff, um, I've enjoyed the army more now than I did before that. Good. And before I even started off in Verminus, I was just pretty much Scryer. I enjoyed the army less than I did beforehand. Then, so that's that's kind of the impersonal personal opinion meets um uh, experience. That's that's what yeah. I recommend.
1: No, that's and that and that's a great way to put it. I would agree with that. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. I really would. Well, here it is. We're at the uh, we're at the point of the show. We got the closing thoughts, and uh, it's 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 on me this week. So I'm just going to keep it real simple. You know, um, remember what we have in this, in this hobby. And, and really there's, there's so many, there's so many ways I can, I can say that to count your blessings in this game and in this hobby, you know, for me, it's the ability to be able to get a game in with my son. Um, most guys have that ability to, they, they go golfing or they go fishing or, or whatever. I, I have this with him and, and I'm very lucky and very fortunate. And, and I remind myself of that when, you know, maybe I don't want to paint a unit or maybe I, I don't really feel like um uh, you know, playing that second game after I've lost or something like that, I have to remember and try to keep, give myself that positive mental attitude of what's, what's good about this hobby. I think a lot of times, um, we, we forget about the little innate things, uh, that, that are, that are wonderful about this hobby. For me, you know, having this game to to share with my son and and for so many years and, and hopefully, you know, so many years to come, um, it, it's, it, it, it gives me a lot of, um, Happiness, and that's really what this hobby should be for everybody. Whatever, whatever that um, that inkling of happiness that you have, or positive mental attitude that this that this hobby can give you. Maybe you met your best friend in the world. Um, maybe your spouse plays it. Um, maybe it gives you that ability to imagine about things, and you know, maybe you have become a creative writer. I met somebody that uses this hobby that re- re-sparked their ability to uh, start writing creatively again. So remember that, especially, you know, when when times can kind of be a little rough on you, you know, use this hobby for what it's meant to be. And that's an escape, a therapy, uh, maybe even, like I said, a way to have that positive mental attitude because, um, and and be thankful for it, be thankful for it for for a lot of different reasons. Um, For me, I'm thankful for it because I've met some of the most tremendous people uh, in this hobby. I've met people from other walks of life. I've met people from, uh, other parts of the country and other parts of the world that I would have never have met had it not been for this, you know, sweaty palm dice game that we, you know, push plastic little dollies across the table. And, and most importantly, I, I, I wouldn't have a, a different and a separate connection, um, to my son. And that's really important to me. Um, and I, and I mean that. So, um, appreciate what you got and remember what's good about it and, and let that be your positive motivation, uh, as you're, uh, as you're rolling forward that's my closing thoughts
2: absolutely man that was, that was really well said you know thank you I, I would have totally messed that up if it was up to me that was, <laughs> that was really well, said.
1: well it takes it takes practice all I'm right folks. Ready? well that's it that's uh that, that's a great way to uh to end the show evan thanks for being on the show today man you
2: got it you got it it was a good time
0: Grimdark Live, I'd like to thank you for slumming it through another show with us for all things dice, dragons, demons, and a dwarf in the Age of Sigmar worlds. We'll be back live next Thursday, so until then, remember, roll them dice, fun and fair, and don't be a frickin' short dance. If you missed the live show, you can catch us again right here on the next Grimdark Live podcast. Never fear gang! there'll be more great content from Grimdark Live throughout the week with Monster Mondays, Table War Tuesdays, Warhammer Wednesdays, Grimdark crutch matches, and a ton more. So stay tuned and stay grand all you dice-chucking-glue-sniffing-gamer-goons, you're all awesome. Looks like I picked the wrong week to
1: stop sniffing
0: glue. Remember, embrace the main message here from Grimdark Live, and that's a social contract we have between gamers and the commitment we have to each other and this community. We're only as good as our last game. Check us out at GrimDarkLive.com. Don't forget to give our channel a like or subscribe if you haven't already done so. So long, GrimDark goons. Until next time, may the dice gods bless you and your sweaty palms. Bye.